It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Digital Drummer, Jim Newsom with Urban Tech Talk on the radio. This is Sunday, January the 12th, 2014, and our special guest for today, our special scheduled guest is Robert Lee Harris, a renowned artist who has also just recently been inducted into the Civil Rights Hall of Fame. And I'm Jacqueline Taylor Adams, your co-host, and I bring your host live to you right now, the one and the only, Jim Newson. Hello, sir. How are uh, you? Thank you for that grand introduction, Jackie. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. <laughs> now, you should have saved that fabulous introduction for our guest tonight. It, it, it's awfully uh, <laughs> a great honor to have someone that's been inducted into the uh, uh, I'm sorry, what was the uh, award you just received? Um, civil Rights um, yes, Hall civil, of Fame. Civil Rights Hall of Fame. I was reading uh, his webpage, and he has an illustrious background in terms of film production as well as community work. I'm looking forward to talking with him. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll be um, excited when he calls in. And I thought it may be real great, you as a digital drummer and the one who keeps us abreast, we're at that time again, it's 2014, CES, and we've been talking about it all week, so why don't you give everyone a lowdown on CES 2014, the Consumer Electronics Show. Well, the uh, main takeaway seems to be uh, wearable tech and the advances that have been made in uh, the sensors and the ability to connect uh, 
uh, the, your actual clothing uh, to the Internet, what they call the uh, 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 Internet of Everything. So there's been many articles and a lot of the media has been talking about wearable tech as well as uh, what's happening in the automotive side with the self-driving cars and the different uh, uh, automation that's being put into uh, uh, the, the auto industry right now. Uh, and everybody's seen the new uh, curved TVs that they're coming out with. I don't know if people are aware that they've even got curved and bendable phones that are now coming on the market. So that's primarily what the focus was on CES, and I was really excited. I did a few posts on it. For those of, that are on our Facebook page, we did a series of posts on the uh, award winners for CES and the uh, uh, different uh, uh, highlights. Uh, I was uh, really impressed with what they're doing, not so much just on the wearable tech in the sense of the watches, the Google Glasses, the headbands, the shoes that are all Wi-Fi connected, but also the fact that now they're putting sensors in everything, including jewelry, so that, you know, uh, people that are always fussing about somebody looking at their phone during a, a dinner or a meeting, now your jewelry will vibrate or uh, will hum or let you know that you have a key call to something coming in so you don't have to keep glancing at your phone every 10 minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is real interesting. <laughs> so um, so what's takeaway is wearable tech, huh? And the automotive industry. For especially I was talking yeah. with some students from uh, Detroit today, and with all the problems that Detroit is having, Seeing that it is the the heart of the uh, auto industry, you would think that the brothers over there would be jumping on to uh, uh, learning code and getting involved in technology because that's where the jobs are in uh, Detroit in the automotive industry right now. Uh, if you know any type of code, whether it be HTML5, whether it be Ruby, whether it be C+, any of the codes can get you a job immediately in the auto industry. All the cars are coming out now with apps. They used to come out with uh, uh, radios. Now they come out with apps. They all have screens. They all have different functions. And the auto industry is looking for new applications, unique applications, ways that we can innovate and connect our cars with our lifestyle vis-a-vis -vis the mobile connectivity. Okay. <coughs> That's great. I'm letting everyone know that we're live on air now, so you can call in. And call-in number is 646-716-7994. Again, that call-in number is 646-716-7994. Um, hold one moment. I was hoping I'm not making too much noise with my moving around. <laughs> I'm worried about it. I'm sitting out here in uh, uh, Santa Monica. It's a beautiful evening. Just watched a wonderful sunset. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping that the uh, the noises from my car didn't, <laughs> didn't get caught up on the surface. Oh, no. We can't hear anything. So I just realized... Um, 
have a. That's why I generally don't like the portable phones. I have one of those phones right now. I was like, wait a minute, I'll move. You have to hold it on your shoulder and all. That's why I feel <laughs> like the landlines. You know, you have a, a regular headset. And I <laughs> transport myself and a computer and just. See that you know that's just what's so good about tech. Right now, I'm just going to take the headset out and transport myself over to the phone that I prefer. <laughs> As well, we wait for um, Mr. Harris to come on in the room. Well, speaking of giving reports, I know that you had a subcommittee meeting on the uh, arts group, uh, arts committee for the. Uh, Urban Tech Fair. I know you, we're planning to do some very special things uh, this February uh, coming up in terms of promoting uh, 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 arts as a part of STEM and science, technology, engineering, and math. We'll uh, put the uh, uh, A in there and make it uh, STEAM. So I know that uh, if you want to give a report on, on that uh, committee meeting, I missed it. Just let them know well, some of the programs um, that we're planning. Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> you didn't really miss it because our, our chairperson, David, was not able. He had to go into work, and um, he didn't realize he had to be in the work till an hour before the meeting. So, um, but what we do have exciting to report, because we'll really just be following up with what we developed at the city leaders' meeting. And that was a great meeting last week. So with that report, we um, two upcoming events during the, in the first quarter. And so during Social Media Week and Family Black Technology Week, and this will run February 17th through February 22nd, six different participating urban tech fair cities will host the state of the digital urban community town hall meetings, one in each in each one of these six cities, and they will host this town hall meeting, and it will be streamed live. So we will get an opportunity to understand what is going on, which may be universal, but also what's going on distinctive to that city, and get an idea and the flavor of the urban communities in each one of these cities. So we have participating Newark, New Jersey, Chicago, Los Angeles, um, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and Jacksonville, Florida. And we're just waiting waiting to confirm on Seattle with Paul Jackson. So we had Yeah, I heard Paul was on the uh, Google Hangout. Yes, mm-hmm. he was there. Yeah, yeah. Paul was on a Google Hangout. We had a great hangout. Um, the city leaders are really revved to go, and um, they really like what Brittany brought up at our last meeting about the issue of the legacy organizations and what was stated. Like for our listeners, just to share with you, one of the issues as far as we bring up um, for the digital uh, state of the urban digital community is that our legacy organizations such as the NAACP, Urban Leagues, you know, um, 
our legacy organizations, many of them do not have the infrastructure or capacity not only to attract but to keep the brilliant talent that we have. And now our young, brilliant um, techies are moving away from these organizations and being attracted to other organizations, really, which are not born out of our community. So we, you know, we want to talk about the issues of our legacy organization not being prepared to move with tech, and you know what can we do to bridge that gap so that we can retain our talent. And then at the same time, um, Brother Glenn Best, while he was on the call, he wasn't able to speak because of his voice. And um, but he wrote right in and he said. Um, the Urban League there, which will be partnering with them to do it in Newark, they are um, much more um, ready. Their capacity, they will have a much um, better capacity. So we can share information across as to how the Urban League, you know, in Newark, that chapter is, you know, much more advanced tech- technology-wise as opposed to maybe Chicago chapter and or, you know, another chapter and how the different organizations, how can um, our legacy well, organizations keep and retain our talent? Well, you know, as we've always said in our approach with the Urban Tech Fair, you've got to take a holistic approach. You just cannot say that tech is the silver bullet, the solutions to all our problems that yields us as a community. The mm-hmm. Urban League and the NAACP and La Raza and uh, the Boys and Girls Clubs of America have all been doing good work every day in our community, but, you know, they're all working within their own silos, within their own structures, trying to maintain uh, what their original mission statements were. And those mission statements were created, you know, in some cases 40, 60 years ago. So yes. what we as a community... Longer than that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> have got to do is we've got to incorporate them because they're all active, productive members of our community that are volunteering and supporting the NAACP or the Urban League. They're working and attending those meetings, and we've got to get them to get involved in technology or become aware of technology, just like we're talking about, you know, the emphasis is whenever you speak about tech, everybody wants to say the kids, the kids. But no. The adults, the uh, retirees, the politicians, we've got to get them all involved because Mm -hmm. manufacturing is never coming back to America in any form that we knew it, uh, we once knew it. And you can't make a living in the service industry. So if we can come together as a community and as they create an ecosystem that fosters technology and innovation in our neighborhoods, we can begin to create new types of businesses provide new types of services and products in our community, begin to open up new markets, begin to do importing and exporting, and turn our communities around without looking for government handouts or or reaching out uh, or begging for the handout we can do for ourselves. We can create new businesses that generate hundreds of thousands of dollars that will go directly into our, into our, our, our neighborhoods that will refurbish some of these uh, abandoned and run-down buildings that we can now turn into co-working sites and incubator sites and accelerator sites and begin to support, generate, and push the new economy in our own neighborhoods. 
because if Silicon Valley is about entrepreneurship and innovation, you have better to find it than in the urban community. We've been making something out of nothing for generations, and there's so much opportunity available now. It's just a matter of making people aware that you don't have to be a rocket scientist to create a mobile app. You don't have to have a, a, a master's degree to create a video game. Uh, you don't have to uh, be, quote-unquote, a, a millionaire to put together a social networking site. It's all about the community coming together and promoting the talents and skills that are readily available every day on every corner in every urban community across this country. Yes, and about us coming together actually to look for solutions and leverage our resources that we actually have to help build one another. And that's why I think this discussion is so great because wherever when we have these discussions, maybe where some organizations are lacking, they can understand how others build their capacity. And maybe we can also at the same time allow our young people to understand just because um, this is an opportunity as opposed to leaving the organization, this is an opportunity for you to create innovation and make, and make things work. This is your opportunity right. to teach and to right. show them how. Get involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how can we simply just starting with communication, implement technology, just starting with communication, because that's one of the biggest things in organizations, so where we have a shared way to communicate so that we can all be informed, which is a lot easier than having to type mail, you know, everything there. You know, before that, can someone type them in, put them in, and give, some, give us an overview of everything that went on that could be, you know, shared immediately through an email you know, a text, text notifications, various different things that are cost-effective that can start to implement just to enhance communication among the organizations and the membership. And just even simply that. uh, uh, Being able to participate and build their existing membership using technologies such as Google Hangouts or uh, uh, different chat rooms so that even though people can't physically uh, show up at a meeting, they can still participate in the meeting online because yeah. the work that these organizations are doing is great work and needed. Yeah. And it's things even as simple as texting. Um, you know, that's the big thing I'm noticing. I don't know if it's all the way across because I just got him back um, into um, a direct sales doing that again with the company, but I know with um, – I first was involved with the company five years ago when it first started, and you know I've been been involved for years. But uh, five years ago, um, the difference between then and now, as far as the mode of operandum, as far as communicating, and then the willingness—that's the one. Sometimes the good thing we have, you know, young organizations or just people willing—the willingness to engage technology, where. Um, a few months ago, I think I started back again in July, nobody was on Facebook, or if they weren't, they weren't using it. I came in, and now everyone's not just on Facebook, they're using the Facebook. And um, they're, you know, actually communicating, interacting, but their texting program is off the chain. Because they realize everybody's not necessarily on social media, because they deal with a wide, you know, age range and people from all different areas, but almost everybody receives text messages. 
So they just say, you know, you text a code to here, and we keep these series of messages. Stay up to date. You need your resources. Go here. It's going to be a call here. You know, short little messages, but it keeps you informed. And that was one of the biggest things, um, staying informed. We have a lot of information but by the time you have to try to figure out where was the information, find the information, read up on the information, and that difference alone. So I think that's one of the biggest um, advantages our organizations can take advantage of is using just the technology just to communicate. And as basic as a text because most people have a phone. Even our elders now um, have a phone. At least so when they're out, they do have a phone that you can send out notices about meetings that people may not remember. Okay, don't forget there's a meeting. You know, there's a call. I, and um, the texting, that little notice, does a big difference and keeps everyone up to date. So I think that's just a good thing. Yes, I, I, I agree completely. And, uh, you know, it, it's about using every aspect and resource that we have to lift the entire community up. And we do have a lot of resources and a lot of positive activities and organizations and resources in our neighborhood. That's what the Urban Tech Fair is about, showcasing all the different resources and expertise that you have in your neighborhood. As we say, discover Silicon Valley in your own backyard. You'd be surprised who's around the corner. Yes, that's true. Now, the other thing that came out of the meeting, um, as we hold um, each day, each city will choose a day, the 17th to 18th. So there will be one town hall meeting, just to share with everyone. We will have a town hall meeting each one of these days. And um, and during those town hall meetings, they will um, stream them live. So... If you're not in that city, you will have the opportunity to watch it. Now, the next month, we're um, – and we will be kicking off our membership drive, too. Just to let everyone know, the membership drive will still kick off that week. We just switched it around because we had more cities participating. And since that's the whole week, the social media and family, black family technology week, we just um, used the week in February and we just switched our events around, but we still will be kicking off our membership drive. So everyone be ready. February 17th, you have one month to come up with $35, and you're going to love what you're going to get for $35. But we want to get, you know, this is our kickoff, and we just want you to pledge your 35 become a member, and then get your benefits for membership, because what's going to be great about this, everyone that becomes a member at $35, which is our general membership price, everyone will be grandfathered into the next level. So, And you will choose yours because people have different interests. We have a business one and a tech one. So either you can do your business or your tech or um, or you can get a family You'll be upgraded into that, but you will choose that. And um, so you're getting it for at least 50%. These are um, more than 50% off. You will be getting that. But that's what we will give to these first round of people who help fund 
and help us kick off the membership campaign. They will all be grandfathered into the next level of their choice. So either the UTech or the iBusiness or the um, the U family. So um, you will be upgraded into whichever membership of your choosing. So just get prepared and be prepared to tell all your friends. And so as we watch the streams, you will learn about the membership, what you get. You can pass it on. You can click and get your membership right then and there. So that's going to be the fun part of the technology. And then the next month, on March 18th, we're going to host um, a a global cast, and we're going to have a global discussion about um, hip hop, and we're going to. It's called the other side of hip hop. There is so many misnomers, and even among, even us, our, our organizers, the the amount of history that we have. Everyone goes. Some people go to the one point. Some people go to another point. But those founders, the people that founded hip hop, and they they have they write the history. They advocate for the um, National Month of Hip Hop around the globe. Um, there's even a Temple of Hip Hop. I mean, those who have broken it down into philosophy and, and the way of living and what the culture actually is, and it's really based on love. But we want to bring it down to that base, and that has seemed has seemed to have gotten lost. Now I was around at time when it started, so for me, I thought it was common knowledge. But I has really become lost. So we want to bring in that other side of hip hop, the origins. What you know? What was the intent when they began the hip hop, and you know the the intent of the music? And it was supposed to be a change agent within the community, and and they actually have tenants and all. What are all those tenants? And it's an interesting discussion. And then we're going to also then we're going to showcase conscious hip hop, which they think is um, way back in the day, but it happens every day. But since it's not in the mainstream, we don't know it. But what's so exciting about this, chances are you could probably go on your block two, three houses away. You don't even have to go around the corner. And I bet you can find a conscious hip-hop or spoken word artist or something, some kind of open mic where they're doing the best talent in the world, but all of these people are positive, but you just don't realize that they exist. And that's the good thing about the Urban Tech Fair. But So we're going to showcase some of those. And it's all done through interview style. And since it's a global cast, we have people from all over. We've invited African Bombada, who is considered to be one of the founders of hip-hop. We are inviting, we're doing all we can do to get the teacher out, the one and only, the teacher, KRS-One. And then Jim is doing whatever he can do and how many smiles he can give to get Chuck D out. And so we can have a great conversation. <laughs> and then um and then we're gonna, you know, interview these some emergent artists from all over. We're from Germany, New York, Las Vegas and um and one out of Philadelphia. And they all have, you know, different experiences and all but the same type of um, you know, conscious work. And the women, it's, we need to showcase them because there are so many good women in hip-hop. Again, they don't get the recognition. So 
That's what the Urban Tech Fair is about, is showing that which we don't really realize and bringing forth all of our goodness. But we do want to have that global conversation across generations. So it will start at 3 p.m. on the West Coast at 3 p.m. on Tuesday, March 18th, and that will that time is the same time as Wednesday, March 19th, 8 a.m. in Japan where the Zulu Nation out in Japan is. So we will be running that whole gamut of time having this global conversation, and we're using technology to show how it's all possible, and we can all sit and watch from our homes. Now, the other things that the city's elected to do, they're going to host the viewing of the global cast from, um, they're going to host it from somewhere in their community, either a library, um, internet cafe, a community center. They're going to host um, the viewing of it, and they're going to hold, like, um, an open mic. So, you know, after the discussion, then they're going to actually, you know, hold an open mic where people have live performances. And each city will submit um, questions, and so the questions and the interview um, format will be built from what the city submit. So we have some exciting things going on uh, in 2014. This is going to be the year that we're really going to uh, propel uh, the brand Urban Tech Fair and begin to create a conscious awareness and a movement across the country uh, about 21st century economy and all the resources and all the organizations that are working daily in our community to better it for all of us, not just for themselves, but to better our communities for everyone and create new jobs, new opportunities, new goods and services that are right next door. So have we got anybody in the chat room? So let me check the studio. Yes, we do. We do have a caller from the 512. They didn't press 1, but I'm going to open up the line anyway. Okay. Caller from the 512, hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? I am fine. How are you? I am great. And who are we speaking with? Uh, Kevin Williams. Oh, hey, hi, Kevin. How, how are you? <laughs> All right. Great. This is another brother that's doing some uh, dynamic things. I really love your posts uh, that you be putting up in terms of uh, uh, new tech products. I think you put a couple, couple of posts uh, last week on CES as well. For our listeners that are, are, are not aware, of uh, Kevin, uh, why don't you just give him a brief uh, breakdown about you and uh, and your company? I know that you used to be a product tester, but you've now developed a number of uh, 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 web-based uh, online organizations for Blacks and Technology. Yes, we have the Bidwise, uh, which is Blacks and Technology working in software engineering, and we also have Bidwise. Uh, Bitwide, which is Blacks in Technology Working in Digital Environment. And we also have one for Retail Engineering and uh, Home Automation. Um, I'm Chris. Uh, I missed you all last week. 
I had a family event to do, but I keep in touch with you, and I have a PowerPoint that I want to shoot to uh, you, Jim and Jackie, on what the initiative and how I can be of help to you on that. Well, we're here to support you. You're one of the people that we're always talking about when we say discover Silicon Valley in your own backyard. Uh, you've been uh, uh, working with Bitwise and the, your different organizations for a number of years. Uh, I know that you're involved with, uh, connected with Greg Greenleaf, with, uh, 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 who, who has Blacks in Technology out of uh, Cincinnati. I know that you're working with some of the legacy organizations. So you're the reason that we're here as an organization to support, highlight, promote those uh, wonderful volunteers that are working every day in the trenches to make our lives better. Oh, yeah. I um, This past week I ran into one of the mothers of the young gentleman that we are mentoring, and he is going to be applying for MIT to be a physics major, and that just makes it all worth it that these kids, they get it, and they see it, and they, they go after it, and they don't let anything stop them. I agree. Uh, you know, I posted up a picture uh, from a uh, tech fair that I did of a, uh, I believe she's maybe 10 years old, and she wrote her first code, uh, uh, her first line of code, in order to make an animated video blink its eye and, and twist around the screen. And she was so excited. Like you say, when you look at the fruits of your labor, it just makes everything worthwhile. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think what you all doing, I like working with you all and all the organizations, the Greg Greenleys, the Carl Webb, the Wayne Hicks and stuff with DDPA and all of that because I feel that we're creating a, a solid foundation uh, full of uh, experience, technology and all of that, that will allow the future generations to build on that. Well, it's about collaboration. That's one of the keys to Silicon Valley success is uh, whether you're talking about uh, uh, Microsoft or, or, or Facebook or, or Google or any of the great companies that we now recognize uh, as leaders in tech industry, they didn't do it on their own. They worked together and collaborated with others in the field to begin to develop their ideas and market it. And we in our community, in my humble opinion, have a black tax that we self-impose on ourselves. Uh, you know, we can't tell anybody about our idea. We can't promote or market our ideas until we have every T crossed and every I dotted. But in the tech industry in Silicon Valley, they have what they call a MVP, minimum viable product. In other words, you've just sketched it out on paper enough to get somebody else to understand it, and then they add to your sketch and begin to develop it and make it a viable product. But you don't have to, it doesn't have to be perfect before you start talking about it. To be about it. And there's so many good people in our community, like we were talking earlier about the legacy organizations. We can all talk about each other, but we can't talk to each other. 
and, you know, you can talk about what the NAACP ain't doing and what this just them old folks and this and that, but they represent our community, and they have people of goodwill and good hearts who are willing to come out and spend their time, energy, and money to try to help in the little way they know how is by incorporating and communicating them with the younger generation and some of our tech evangelists such as yourself that we can expand on what they're already doing and make their organization better and stronger. It's about working together to improve what we have, to innovate what we have. Innovation is not about creating new something new. It's about making something better. Right. That's what the PKSF did. They didn't create anything new. They always said they made it better. And that's what we that's, need to do. That's what the innovation is. That, agreed. That's what the innovation is all about. Jackie, has our guest sign called in yet? No, he hasn't called in yet. So, you know, but we have Mr. Kevin on. And if anyone would like to call in, the call in number is 646-716-7994. If you have any tech questions or even better, if you'd like to let us know what's um, what's good tech, what's good going on in the hood, what's good in the hood as far as tech, tell us about tech in your hood. You can just call and let us know what's going on. And that number again well, is six four six seven one six seven nine nine four. Well, Kevin is is an asset in and of itself. Uh, you know, he's recognized around the uh, the nation as a, a tech evangelist. Uh, we could do a show just with him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would like to know uh, how y'all came out with the uh, the meeting last weekend, Jackie. Um, yeah, well, the, uh, we did a great Google Hangout. That's I think we were talking about that right before you came on. Um, the cities um, decided, um, well, we had two events, and what they decided we're going to flip the date, and we're going to kick. We're still going to kick off the membership campaign in February, but we're going to make use of the entire social media week. So February 17th through the 22nd, we have six different cities that will host the state of the digital urban community in their city. So they're going to host a town hall meeting in their city, and they will stream it live. And so each day a different city will host this um, town hall meeting. And then the um, next month, on March 18th, we're going to do a global cast. And what the cities are going to do, they're going to host a watching of the global cast either at libraries, community centers, or Internet cafes. And um, some of them may even host open mics um, or, you know, have something there for the local artists. But um, the main thing, we're going to watch the global cast, and um, each city is going to submit questions. And from their questions, we're going to develop the interview questions. And that event is the other side of hip-hop, the origins, women, and in, in conscious hip-hop. So we're going to present that in order to have a global discussion on hip-hop across generations because there's so many misnomers or all these other ideas about what hip-hop is 
but like almost none of them aligned to the actual people who began and started hip hop and what their intentions were. And it it's not um like even one of the people I was speaking to keep us um saying rap thinking rap is hip hop, but rap is not hip hop. And I think even you, Jim, can attest to people have been rapping before hip hop came around. So wow. um, Yeah. Um, in Philly, we had a man called Jocko, Jocko Henderson. Um, you know, the art of rap has been around. So um, hip-hop is more of a cultural statement, and, and it's, it has its own rhythm and flow because when you look at the spoke, spoken word artists, the ones that are of hip-hop, their rhythm is different than the Gil Scott Herons and Sonia Sanchez's. And so, um, but, um, you know, each generation kind of has this rhythm or flow. But still, the, when hip-hop began, it was used as a tool, really, to unite, to create peace, and to um, think better of ourselves. And, you know, they actually, it's a recorded history and documentation and all of those things. So, you know, more like an academia you know, approach to it. So it's just... Um, we want to expand our ideas, stop shutting down, you know, because my children listen to hip-hop, and, you you know, you have this one vision, this linear view, and we want to expand that view for all generations, for the young people to expand their view, for the adults to expand their view, and um, so that we're not shutting each other down and not listening to one another, especially based off of misnomers. But no matter what and how you feel about hip-hop, it impacts the world. So, you know, it would, you know, do us well to get a healthier view. And there are so many people out here, you know, using it in, in the same manner that it was meant to. And so we need to, once we're aware of it, we can then go out and support it. And um, so I just thought since this is something that crosses all culture, we thought that would be great to have a global cast and have a global conversation and to start um, helping us to stretch our minds. And what better way to do that than to use technology to do it? <laughs> well, as, as I've always said, Kevin, even a hobo won't get on a train that ain't moving. So 2014, we're going to get this train, the Urban Tech Fair, moving. We're going to create some activities, programs, and projects that people are going to want to get involved in to share the knowledge, share the information, and to hopefully empower and inspire others to move forward. Kevin? Yes, I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I would, we had, um, we didn't actually meet, but they're scheduled to meet next week. Within the next week is the IT team that I'm hoping you will help out with. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. We're... Go ahead, uh, Didn't you say uh, Deidre was an, another person that was going to be part of the IT team? Yes. yes, and she's already given some feedback. She's, she she asked some great questions, so that's why I really needed to meet with the city leaders. So we want to determine exactly, you know, what do they need the websites to do. So once we can say exactly what we want done, I have some capacity things, but and we know nationally, but the cities, you know, um, 
you know, they have a little bit different viewpoint than than the national website. So we're um, we're looking for the city's input as to what they want those websites to do, and then we can give the, those whole plans to you as far as how do our entire IT work from the the websites to our digital magazine and our app. You know, we need those Originally, all hosted in one place. Originally, the the national website was intended to be a, a capture point to uh, uh, to disperse the general information, and then people through the uh, city sites on that page would click to individual uh, city sites, which would be uh, uh, city-specific with local information, whether you're talking yeah. about Los Angeles, Las Vegas, uh, New York, uh, uh, Ohio. So, uh, you know, we're trying as best we can. We're grassroots, volunteer organization, and people such as yourself and Deidre and those that are uh, lending their expertise and knowledge, we want this to work for you, uh, to work for uh, uh, those people in our community who are active on the ground because that's what the Urban Tech Fair is about, supporting those people that are active on the ground, as you said earlier, we're not talking about it. We're about it. We're out there actually doing it and working with people that are in the field. We're not proposing theories. We're proposing the best practices and what works. Yes. Right. And then also with the cities encounter as well is the on Wi-Fi clouds. So, you know, their website needs to reflect the activity of the, the Wi-Fi clouds and the access to those. So, and, and let me let me touch on that while while we have a little bit of time, because uh, Wi-Fi is almost becoming uh, ubiquitous. One of the announcements that was made at CES this uh, last week was that when you buy a Netlink uh, a router nowadays, it will automatically come with an SSID, in other words, a signal name for Facebook, so that Facebook will be providing free Wi-Fi around the country. Uh, wow. And when people see that Facebook uh, uh, SSID, they click on that, and they activate an individual consumer's router, but the fees and charges and everything are directed at Facebook uh, through the router, through the uh, smart router. So, you know, Wi-Fi, whether you're talking about Starbucks or, or Jack in the Box or whether you're talking about public libraries and public schools, Wi-Fi is being put out across the country. Uh, Lazone, uh, I think it's Lazone Gray, am I saying yeah. his name mm-hmm. right, Jackie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, Kansas he's working City. with a community in uh, Kansas City that's put a, a Wi-Fi cloud over a uh, public housing project. So when we say that each city will have Wi-Fi, what the Urban Tech Fair will do is we will come in with a, uh, a beacon with a transmitter and send a signal over a specific commercial corridor, over a specific area that has been designated as a central hub of that city and try to draw people out of their homes and into the streets because it's a fair. And instead of being held in an exhibition hall or a hotel or a community park, this fair is being using the whole city as our fairgrounds because they have so many different uh, uh, programs and 
and, and projects located all around. We don't want them to pick up and come to us. We're coming to them with the Wi-Fi cloud and directing people to them. So one component when we say that is a virtual 30-day on the ground and in the cloud experience is that we will actually create a Wi-Fi cloud specifically for the uh, urban tech fair events. Now, a lot of people talk about sustainability in terms of once we put that cloud up, maintaining it and keeping it after the 30 days. But we're about promoting what's already there and existing in the community. And if the community is willing to take the responsibility and uh, uh, maintain and, and keep the Wi-Fi cloud going, then we will support that. But initially we're coming in for 30 days. To demonstrate, to show this. what's possible, yeah. Exactly, exactly. We kind of want, you know, because sometimes, you know, technology and things are changing and innovation, you know, we are saying some things and ideas that people may not be able to, you know, um, create images in their mind yet. And we want to show people how, um, you can collaborate in this person or that and this resource and all you may not know have known existed does exist in your neighborhood. So we just want to be a walking demonstration of collaboration and how you, um, you know, lift one another up, you know, to a specific outcome for the, you know, for the good of the community, how you build the community through um, strategic collaboration. Right, and collaboration is about sharing. One of the things that we've done here in L.A. is we've built a, a Wi-Fi cloud for two and a half miles uh, through the heart of the South Central community from the 110 freeway to the 405 freeway, the main arteries in the neighborhood that people are familiar with the uh, L.A. community. And the way we did that was not through any government grant, not through any uh, corporate handout, but through the simply having the businesses down that corridor share access to their Internet. And by sharing access, uh, we created a mesh network where one terminal talks to another and it expounds on the network and magnifies the capability and the bandwidth for that whole corridor so that there's no drain on one particular person's uh, uh, Internet bill or Internet router but by sharing together, we were able to provide a needed service to the entire community, and the businesses benefit by, quote-unquote, being sponsors of those nodes and sharing access to their Internet to attract new customers and to generate uh, 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 new resources in those communities. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's what, I, you know, IT team, we're just looking for you guys to take everything, you know, IT and pull it all together so that we have one, you know, system that flows. We have some brilliant people that have been a part of uh, of the Urban Tech Fair that are, are communicating on our uh, uh, social network platforms such as Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, even Black Planet, and I'm just amazed at some of the posts and that people like you can put up every day, some of the comments and the information that's being shared, uh, the collaboration that's already taking place. Uh, 
you know, I am just so proud and, and humbled uh, by the support that we've gotten uh, over the last year. Well, gentlemen, we have about eight minutes to go, so um, do you guys have any announcements? Kevin, did you want to announce anything? Is there anything going on in your sector with your company and your community or any announcements you would like to make? And don't forget, Kevin, to give us your URL so that people that are accessing this program through uh, uh, one of the archives will be able to go to your website and learn more information about you as well. Yeah, my, uh, my URL right now is uh, www.facebook.com/circadiansolutionsgroupincorporated. Um, when you type it in, I come up. I like it. I come. Art <laughs> Um now, right. now you're, you're, talk, you're talking to a, a poor boy from what? So spell out titanium solutions. <laughs> Arcadian. It's Arcadian. <laughs> it's Arcadian. D-I-R-C-A-D-I-A-N. Circadian Solutions Group. And if you're familiar with circadian rhythm, you know how I... Uh, that's how I came up with that because my company gives uh, IT solutions 24/7, the cycle that uh, in which everything runs. Okay. <laughs> and uh, right now, like I said, I'm working on, still working on the uh, case study. Now we're into the new year and the holidays are all uh, be engaging the the group that I propose to you to really look at the uh, the company around WIRE to finish up the case yeah. study and uh, this initiative that you have going also. And uh, the brother FAU, you know, he sent me a document. I've been looking over it. That's uh, Daniels. FA Prime? FAU Prime? Yes. yes. Herschel Daniels, Daniels. yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, 2014, I have uh, quite a few projects to, to start out with. And then also, you know, I saw this the other, uh, last week about the the initiative, and I was like, oh, I want to be involved, you know. That's, that's what we need to be involved, thinking about it IT-wise, what, what y'all were trying to accomplish and everything. And the... Uh, uh, infrastructure we need to have in place to make this work because I still don't see a prime example of that is, is the website for Obamacare. We have too much technology yes. for it not to work. Yeah. That's true. And, and, and the issue is forethought. You know, when you you have to do that for you know forethought and for planning, and that's one thing you do have to go deep into the experience. Like if I press here, you know, um, you know what happens then, and what happens then, and I, you know, I don't know who wrote the program or if they use, you know, something else. I don't know how many, you know, times they ran it, but some of that stuff should have just came up in just, you know, normal test runs, 
of your of your statements, you you would have had to run into some of those situations, or maybe they just didn't run enough tests. You know. Right. Um, but um, yeah, that's why I wanted a whole team instead of just saying, oh, we're going to have a website. But we also have, you know, the digital magazine, you know, when we, um, that was like a class learning about that. But it was great. Um, Mark Keith Johnson is building that for us. But, you know, once the magazine is built, there's an issue of hosting and where is it going to be hosted. And then, we, you know, we know we're getting an app done. Okay, where is that going to be hosted? So we're going to host these things in all different places and, you know, is it more effective since we have so many different things to get a server? And, you know, these different questions you kind of ask beforehand. But um, I need people that can actually answer those questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's when you guys come into play. <laughs> I I, uh, I have been thinking about that, and I looked out, and I, like I said, I'm going to be sending you and Jim a, a PowerPoint presentation on my thoughts on, on that because I look at it from my experience in, in in corporate America and then on my own on the, like you said, that forethought on how to make this work and what are your backups. Yeah. That's great. That's great. See, and we're just, you know, such marvelous people. People uh, get into a lot of people don't know about what CDN is, and I think that uh, UTF needs to create a CDN to help it uh, carry out its and all of its initiatives. Okay. Are y'all with the CDN, the Content Delivery Network? No, I'm not familiar. This is something new to learn. Well. Jackie, you've talked about it all the time. We have so many great videos on the website. We have so many links to uh, free uh, 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 tutorials on coding. We have so much content out there. Yeah, it's, but I've been wanting to, how, yeah. How we can put it into one central uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, form that's easy to follow through in and uh, yeah. uh, to distinguish, you know, different areas of expertise and resources. Oh yes. yeah, that's, yeah. That's a big thing I've been saying, and that's one of the things that I know this doesn't solve the problem. But one of the reasons why we're asking everyone in a group, and when you post, to post with a hashtag, a category hashtag that categorizes, so that when we do go to pull this information, you know, your 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 posts and things can be included when we go to. Um, you know, aggregate all this information. And that's why I've been a stickler running around putting, you know, hashtags and comments wow. so that um, the hashtag right now, I know it's definitely an aggregation tool. And um, for us to, when we, you know, help us to categorize this information that we don't have to go back and look at everything and recategorize it as we're posting, we need to use that hashtag. Right, that's a good tool. And with the CDN, I guess uh, I'm going to, like I said, send you this because uh, I thought about that when you uh, mentioned that what you were wanting to do and everything, and I said, you, you, you're you getting to the size where you need a CDN. All the uh, big 
corporations have them, um, Facebook and all of that, anybody that just deals with a lot of uh, data and information, mm-hmm. they have a separate CDN from their actual site so that it doesn't bog it down and it can deliver mm-hmm. like on-demand. It's almost like on-demand when somebody puts in for that particular thing for education or for commerce or for whatever, the access mm-hmm. to three that you get, that CDN infrastructure will be able to house all of that and mm-hmm. allow you to house your videos, to house your data. Mm-hmm. In fact, you one of the servers, that's all it would be do is data collection and uh, take care of the data mining and analytics and case studies and all of that. I mean, it's some thing, and I, uh, I I think that it would help uh, a lot with, uh, like you said, you having the whole cities and all of that, and it it grow with you. That's another thing. As you bring more cities on, it'll just flow right in with it. And uh, a lot of people don't realize if they if they just look at the sites they go to. If they look at the, the URL information and mm-hmm. um, look at it, they'll see that that site will transfer you to a CDN, and you don't even realize it that you're not on the actual website. You're getting your information from a whole other network, which is made to keep up, do it on demand and uh, keep you running smoothly. So that's why I said, like the Obama thing, I, I, I can't fathom with the technology that we have, that, uh, and especially them being the uh, the government, and they have access to all of this stuff, that that wasn't a forethought with them. Well, I work for the government, I hate to say it, <laughs> and I'm nowhere near surprised. To be honest, Obama has best used the government yeah, has best used technology more than anyone has. The government is so behind. They're so bureaucratic. And there is so much waste. And, I mean, everything from late fees that we pay, that are paid just because of just, you know, archaic ways of doing things and not maximizing the technology, you would think. And it's local governments as well as the federal government, local, state, and federal. They're just they're right. really bad with that. And and this is just showing. Um and it's probably somebody's job who just half did it, you know, sometimes <laughs> I, I work for the government. And um you just would be surprised, you know. I, I've actually gone around and just did things, I developed my own systems. They you know, they they tell me to do these things, but to me it was just all archaic and then you had a question and Oh, at the time in the 80s, everybody was so linear, you know, if it wasn't what they went to school for, they couldn't figure out how to answer it. So they would just give me manuals. And honestly, the census is done every 10 years based off of manuals. And I actually taught myself um, how to, because I was working on mainframe systems, I taught myself to PCs and all, and I taught myself how to work on spreadsheets. But I, I had programming in high school. So I just taught myself all the software, but I have to break it. I can't take a whole lot of information at once. I have to break it down systematically. So I, I created systems that ordered, and I just started having the whole offices flowing. 
which is why I started being hired for that. You know, Jackie will put everything in order. But that's where I really realized that because I couldn't get a job done and then I'm getting bills and late fees because somebody's just not simply paying the bills on time. And it's an enormous amount of waste, but um, I'm not surprised. But um, but that's why we do want to take the time to do forethought, and that, I think that maybe some of the frustrations, and when they're talking about our legacy organizations not having inf- infrastructure and capacity, I think what maybe more is sometimes when the people are wanting to bring in the technology, sometimes people may may be resistant to it, and that's where we want to make sure that. Um, you know, by just presenting, you know, the one thing I hope we do accomplish through the Urban Tech Fair is we will present technology in so many different ways that if you just had one linear view of what technology is, like everyone who's into tech is a geek or everyone who's into tech is this or technology is this, if you have a linear view of it, I, one thing that at the end of the Urban Tech Fair that will not be. You know, it is just simply a tool to help you get to wherever you need to go. And once right. you know, once you you know, that is all it is. And once we take that emotion, or it's so hard, or you know, all these ideas and different things we keep attaching to it, it that, then that's when it becomes a tool. So um, that is about our show time, gentlemen. So you have any closing remarks, um, Jim? No, only to thank Kevin and all our listeners for participating, uh, to let you know we appreciate your support, your time, your knowledge. Uh, We are about you. We are here to serve. Uh, The Urban Tech Fair is looking forward, as I said earlier, to May 2014, a different type of year, not only for our organization, but for communities all across this country. Okay. So we um, look forward to seeing you in two weeks, and our special guest would be Greg Greenlee. He will be the next person here on the digital drum line. So that now is January 26th. Yes. <laughs> so a uh, whole group of people. When you talk about Greg, he knows so many people in the industry. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, now, well, we have we have some exciting show. people. Yeah, we have Yvette um, Moyo. Um, she's coming up, and she's the founder of MOB and Realman Cook, and she's going to be um, coming in February. And we have German Shan- Shannon L. He's coming the first of um, March. Uh, we're also bringing in Marquise um, Johnson is going to be one of our upcoming guests. So we have a, a great slate of people coming up and different and um again then we'll show you the the limited use of technology whether it's from community building and empowerment to professional um you know to professional um Now, now I can't find a word, but, you know, when you want to enhance your professional skills, to professional, you know, skills enhancement. Yeah, so um, it's just all different um, ways we can use it. And then I I think we're going to have to, um, by the 1st of April, we're going to have to get um, Wayne and them back on uh, BDPA. 
so we can get people getting their memberships and getting ready for the um, conference in August. So um, we just, you know, we're we're really ready to go, and we have some exciting things happening. And um, during that time, we'll also be having our town hall meeting. So I just, we really expect some great things to happen. So all I do is say support, support, support. Tell somebody, share this show, and have a great, great week. Thanksgiving, Kevin. Everybody enjoy themselves. You too, Jackie. All right. Peace. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.